Hello everyone, welcome to IT Tech Talk. I'm your host, Joel Ward, and with me is Erwin. Erwin, how are you doing today? Hi, Joel. Thanks for having me here. Uh, I'm doing you're, great. You're, oh, awesome, awesome. So where are you joining us from, Erwin? I'm joining you from the Netherlands. The Netherlands. Oh, this is a first because I've had a lot of UK visitors, not so much the Netherlands. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, Erwin... Um, I've gotten a little background from you from our discussions, our emails, um, but my viewers have not gotten the chance to get to know you. Could you please give a little bit of a background about yourself and what you do and how you got into what, you do, what you're doing? Sure. Um, I'm a mindset coach and business strategist at Millionaire Life Strategy, and I empower technical experts to um, actually boost their business and themselves. So by transforming them into the person that will achieve their ambitions, their goals and beyond. I got 25 years of experience. Uh, I worked in the corporate world for about 20 years, optimizing processes. I have also um, a background in technology. I'm a master of science in electrical engineering. And the last five, six years, I focus on mindset. And now I'm combining everything to help my clients. Awesome. So what... Give me. I want. I want to ask you a question off of this. What's the electrical engineering? Why aren't you doing that? Why not do electrical engineering? That sounds like that sounds like it would make you some money. <laughs> well, I've always been looking for my way of adding value to the world, and I found that in um, optimizing processes. You know, my um, my graduation project was the control of a robot arm. And I've always been looking for ways to optimize processes. And in 2014, I thought to myself, you know, you can optimize a process and have all the graphs and reports to validate that optimization. But if the people that are using the process don't change, the process itself won't change. So how do I get those people to change as well? That's when I got interested in the mindset. I did several trainings on hypnotherapy. And now I'm combining everything. You know, I'm using the mindset, I'm using my skills, I'm using my experience to help my, my clients. Because That's awesome. It's awesome. So you went from, from going from something that was a, basically a nine to five job to something where you could basically help people create themselves and make themselves better. Yep, exactly. Awesome. Now, I, I, I think that's I'm awesome. I'm still optimizing processes. So, so you're still complex ones. You're still optimizing processing. That's awesome. Um, so you were you were saying you did a robotic arm. What was so you you created it and and managed it, or did you just you create the software that made it move? Uh, the basics of this robot arm, the the control of the robot arm was very um, simple, so to speak, mm -hmm. because if you uh, attach a spring to the end of a of a robot arm and you pull that that spring then the robot arm will move but due to the characteristics of the spring then that robot arm would oscillate a little bit okay so there was also a little damper to get rid of this oscillation so it was it was called uh, impedance control with damping injection and basically it was a very 
simple to explain control mechanism, but the simulation model behind it, that was a bit, uh, bit more complex. <laughs> sounds, it sounds like it. Um, so going back to the, do helping people and create themselves, um, do, where do you, where do you find your clients? Do they, do they find you? Do you have a website? Where do they go to find you to help better themselves? I'm, um, I'm on LinkedIn, of course. So I got a big network on LinkedIn. I love to network, you know, just having conversation with, with people adding value if I'm able to, and if they're got inspired and want to work with me then I'm, I'm all game awesome awesome yeah i use linkedin a lot actually i've gotten a lot of good responses off of linkedin um for my show and i think actually you and me connected either on linkedin or we connected on matchmaker i've been getting so many responses off of both that i can't keep up with them anymore <laughs> actually just recently for those who are tuning in, who are going to be guests, if you're listening, I just set up a Calendly link, so all of your um, all your scheduling will be through that now. And it's like I, I got so many people, I had to create a scheduling link just to keep the schedules going because there's so many people. So, but no, it's <laughs> awesome. I, I actually am, am loving getting to connect with people. I, I actually was really excited because um, our conversation we had, which I got to go back through. I, I got to figure out where, I, where we started talking on. But um, our conversation was just really good, and and uh, the the response I had to my questions I asked from you was really good. And, and uh, to go more into it, um, you basically go in and you create a mindset for someone. So if if say I was in uh, say I was one of your clients, what would you do to help me better myself? Say like uh, I was. I needed help in uh, my um, ability to do my schoolwork. Like, like, say I'm like in a funk. Would you help me in that regards, or what? What? What do you? What do your clients need to have for you to help them? Is what I'm trying to ask. What? What kind of uh, requirements do they need? Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, my clients are, um, you know, the stereotype of technical uh, nerds. So to yes. speak. You know, they're. I am one of them. They're. <laughs> introvert they think they can't sell they don't like to be in the spotlights mm -hmm. uh, they talk uh, tech a lot they use jargon and i have a hard time explaining to the clients what they're actually doing but they feel there's more inside of them than they're getting out of it uh, you don't see your own blind spot so i help them i i put them in front of a mirror i show them that they have all the skills they need to be successful and i build a confidence in that because if, if I can can take, for instance, the assumption that they can't sell, right? Mm -hmm. But once a technical expert, one, once a new iPhone comes out, those are the ones that uh, get the first iPhones. And they're so enthused about the iPhone that they start telling everybody why they should also buy the new iPhone. And because they want their friends and network and colleagues have the same experience as they have with the new iPhone. But at that moment, they're actually selling the iPhone. Like right? a salesman. Yeah, exactly. So they know how to sell, but they don't recognize it as selling because they just want to have the other person the same experience as they have. So what they need to train and what I help them with is they feel the same about their own products or their own services. Mm. So, so if I'm, they get enthused about oh, their own service and products, 
then selling is easy. So I'm actually guilty of that. I, when you were talking, I was like, well, that's me. I do that. When a, when a new uh, Galaxy or, or, or Android device or, or um, Windows laptop comes out and someone's like, oh, what kind of laptop should I get? I'm like, I got, I got it. I got it. Let, let me sell you it. Let me sell you a device. And I'm not even, I'm not even a salesman to sell the device. I'm just like passionate about tech. Like I just got this new watch and uh, I tried to sell it to a coworker of mine because I was like, you need to get this watch. Like it's really good. And <laughs> I do that all the time. So, but like exactly. you said, they use jargon and stuff. And even my wife is like, whenever I start rambling on about tech, she's like, what are you talking? What's an IP address? What's what is uh what is networking what is uh what is web development and and I, I ramble on for like 20 minutes before I'm like yeah I need to talk to someone else because I can't and, and you're right a lot of people are guilty of this and a lot of people need help in that area and and putting them in front of the mirror I think is a great uh aspect of doing that um excuse me um so in in regards to that uh so you basically these people come to you with these with these niches the knit the, I can't even use that word the niche that they uh, that they have, but they're they're like awkward. I, I, is that the right term? And they're awkward in the way they handle themselves. Is that what you would use? Yeah. Well, they make themselves feel awkward about it, right? It it's all about confidence and using the right words and terminology. Um, for instance, if you can imagine two Apple iPods, mm -hmm. and you see two advertisements next to each other. One says four gigabytes internal memory, and the other one says 200 hours music in the back pocket. Now, what do you think that the end customer is looking for? They're looking for 200 hours music in the back pocket. Yes. Right? But what are my clients selling on average? Four gigabytes internal memory, because it <laughs> makes perfect sense to them. So they're selling the memory, but they're not selling, they're not selling what they're supposed to be selling, and that's what you help the with. Yeah, the, most, of, most of my clients are selling the tools and they're not selling the end result. And, and honestly, you need to sell the end result because, like, you know, when, when someone's like, oh, this, this phone's got a great camera, but what, you know, the reason I bought my phone wasn't for the camera. I mean, the camera's great and all. The reason I bought it was because it had up to a terabyte of memory storage. And. I could store a terabyte worth of files and stuff on my phone because that's what my that's my daily driver. That's what I use for work is my phone. So when I can store files and stuff and Google Docs on my phone with a terabyte of space, I'm going to do that over the camera. The camera is great and all, but if you're not selling what you really need it for, don't sell it. That's my opinion. Don't sell it. Yeah, and you and I know what we can do with a terabyte of, of, of storage. Yes, but there are loads of clients and customers out there that don't even know what they have to do with a terabyte of storage. You wouldn't believe how many people, Erwin, I talk to. They're like, yeah. "What's a terabyte? What's a terabyte? Terabyte's the most space you can get on something." <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I actually in the other room there's servers, um, which they were in here, and I moved them because we made this a guest room. But I had servers running, and they have over um, the one has up to four terabytes per server. And they store my files and backups and all that stuff. And, and uh, whenever I have people over who are my wife's friends who are a little more like, you know, they're not my friends because my friends are, 
you know, illiterate to the stuff. They'll be like, what is that? I'm like, oh, it's a server. What's a server? And I'm like, and they'll have to explain. They're like, I don't get it. And I'm like, well, it's used to back up and store files. Like, well, why don't you just use a OneDrive or Google Doc or Google Drive or, or an iCloud? I'm like, because I don't like them because they're not that secure sometimes. So I store more, more secure stuff on there. And it's I understand I and that's why people we need people like you because like there's a lot of people who are very illiterate to what they're trying to what they're trying to get their point across and if I could invite you over to some of these parties maybe people would actually understand what I'm trying to say <laughs> oh man uh, do you do you know what works magically using metaphors metaphors yeah I used to be um, um, a demand manager at KPN it's a Dutch telecoms company Okay. And I was doing uh, bandwidth management. I know that's bandwidth, yeah. The internal clients, they had to pay for my services. And sometimes I got a question from one of the managers, you know, why am I paying so much? And I said, because when they they, uh, closed the contract, like four or five years before that, they were paying like uh, 25% of what they're paying right now. Yep. And I just told them, just imagine that you have two cities and you want to uh, travel from one city to the other city, you know? Mm-hmm. Then you need a road for that. So we're building a road for you and you drive on that. But when you're driving more traffic from one city to the other city, then you will get traffic jams, right? Yep. And it's okay to have a traffic jam sometimes. But when this traffic jam comes close to 24 seven, then that's unusable. So you're you're just adding another lane to that yep. to that road, you know. And before you know, that road becomes a highway. And currently, you went from a road to a highway, with regards to the bandwidth you're using. Yep. And just imagine that you have emergency services that need to come from one city to the other city within a specific mm-hmm. time frame, and you can't have traffic jams. So you need a separate lane that the emergency services can drive on. So you know they will get on time in the other city. Yep. And that's what we call quality of service. And and that's that's a great way of putting it. But like it whenever if I didn't think about using metaphors, but whenever I um talk to people who aren't tech related because I'm very techy. I my uncle got me into computers when I was very young. He used to take computers apart, put the parts out on the floor and make me put it back together on a timed uh, on a timed mission to get it done. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm telling you what, ever since then, I've been very tech related. Uh, I'm very good with tech. Like when I got these servers, actually, funny story about these servers is I got them for free. They were, my dad who owns a business has, which has a server room, was replacing all the Dell servers with HP. And he was getting rid of all these Dell servers that still worked. And I was like, I'll take them. And so I took them and, you know, cleaned them up and got them running. And I was like, well, what can I now? I've never worked on a server before. So I what I like to do and I don't know how this is for you. I like to go on YouTube, research what I'm what I'm working on, watch videos on how to work on them and then go and work on them. And, and it works wonders for me. And I was able to get those servers up and running within like three hours. And, and I, all I did was watch a 20-minute video on how to work on them, and that was it. And, and that's easy for me. But we're talking about people who can't figure that out. Like, they watch that video, and they're like, that's confusing. Like, I don't understand that still. But with a metaphor, like you were saying, like, oh, with the bandwidth, 
like, oh, well, this, if you, the servers, and I'm, I, I, I'm trying to think of a metaphor for a server. A server collects data and stores data and secures the data, depending on what you have on it to secure it, um, so that you can, like, put it on your computers or pe- share the documents with people. Um, and, uh, and, and that's, I got to figure out a metaphor for these things. So when they come over next time, I'll be like, this is, this is how it works. This is what it does. Um, no, no, that's awesome. I think metaphors is a perfect way of explaining um, situations like that because uh, there's so much time that goes into these projects and stuff that people do, and they get so excited and passionate about it, but there's no way to explain it sometimes to people who do not understand it. And I'm glad that's where you come in because, you know, I I struggle explaining my, what I do. Like people ask me, well, what do you do? What What's your podcast? How does it work? How does a podcast work? Well, you know, you get on, you get guests, and you, you know, you you do have the mic, you have the the system, and well, how do you how do you edit it? And so it's it's I can explain that to myself in my head how it works, but explaining it to somebody who doesn't understand how a podcast works, like um, yesterday for example, someone asked me, was it like a radio program? Yeah, but you stream it. Well, how do you stream it? Well, you you go on and you. Pick up the app and we'll, we'll download the app and you listen on the app. Well, what if I don't want to listen? To that? What if I listen to it on the radio? Well, I'm not on the radio. You you can only listen to it on the app. And it was a whole big downplay from that. And I was like, at the end of it, I finally got them to figure it out after I showed them and walked them through the steps by showing them because they were very they were very visual. I showed them and they're like, oh goodness, I want to listen to this because they listened to a couple. And they were like, I like this. So now I got someone interested in podcasting. <laughs> and, but it took it took showing them. And that's a lot of what I do with IT work because I am an IT professional. I think I told you that. I am an IT professional yep. on the side. And a lot of my work, when someone, when the client is looking over my shoulder, I'm pointing behind me um, in the video we're doing, but like no one can really see what I'm doing. But I'm pointing behind me. When people are looking over my shoulder, and they're asking me questions about what I'm doing. I walked into the steps while I'm doing it. Like I'm like clicking the things slowly and showing them what I'm doing. And, and, and they usually do not understand still, but they're like, oh, okay, so you're basically cleaning the system to reboot it and make it better so it can run faster. Yes, that's exactly what I'm doing. And, and a lot of my work with IT is not so much using metaphors, but I should start using metaphors, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, is, is basically coaching people on how to fix their computers themselves because I like to be the guy you call when something's not working. Like if it's still working and you can fix it yourself, great. Fix it yourself that we don't have to charge me. But if you can't, then I'm going to come in and fix it. In the last, before we even got on this podcast, I had three calls, three calls of people saying, I can't figure it out. I tried. I can't figure it out. I'm like, okay. I walked into the steps. They were like, not my thing. And I was like, all right, well, I will be out said date and I will get done. So, sorry, we got off topic there. No, but I think what you do is pretty awesome. And I wish I had known you way back when because I had confidence issues and I had issues describing things to people. Even getting my basic IT descriptions done was a struggle. So if I had known you sooner, I could have gotten some coaching on how to do that. Well, it's never too late, uh, Joe. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not. But I think I have a couple people in mind that could use your services because they are so illiterate when it comes to explaining things. Um, <laughs> so, everyone, let me let me ask you this: what ma- what makes you 
keep doing this? Does it does do you actually get some gratification out of helping people like this? Do you actually feel good when you when you go out and you and you do this work to help people get to where they need to be? Yeah, definitely. You know, I um when I started my first hypnotherapy training, mm-hmm. then after the first weekend, everything that I loved felt uh, came together because I love helping people with a coaching way, so I'm not mm-hmm. telling I'm not telling you what to do, but I'll give you tips and insights and you, you get to the solution yourself. So that uh, you could say I make myself obsolete. Yeah. Now, if I if I train you to do something, you don't need me anymore. And I love that idea. Um, my work is a challenge and every human is unique as its own problems, its own challenges, its own solutions. So every new client or new prospect is a new challenge for me. And that's what makes it fun for me. And like I said, I'm still optimizing processes, but very complex ones. Those of the internal human being. So maybe you can call it egocentric, but if you succeed, then I'm proud of myself because I did a hell of a job. Yes, yes. And that's good. And, you know, I like how you said that, like, you want to make yourself obsolete because you want to make sure they did the job right. But... But you also don't want to make yourself too obsolete because if you make yourself too obsolete, then how are you going to keep helping people? <laughs> it's I don't know. I, I'm I'm sure there's plenty of people out there to help, but I'm sure that you I'm sure that there's people who I I, I don't know I I don't know how you do this. I'm sure there's people that come back to you and ask for more help, more guidance. Oh, definitely. But those are all for other items and all the challenges. Mm. You know what I mean is, um, I've been in the in the situation a few times when I was working in the corporate world. Where uh-huh. it became a very important uh, part of the chain, you know that uh, if I couldn't uh, go on a holiday or would get sick, you know, then the process would stop. And I have a very high responsibility, so that didn't make me feel right. You know, I felt trapped, and I wanted to get out of there. So I always have been trying to make myself redundant, so to speak. Yes. And the fun part is, even so, even though it sounds crazy, you know, making yourself obsolete, but if you do that, people tend to come back to you because you truly help them. Mm. Yep. And it's just what you said, you know, if you helped, if I would help you with, with, let's say that you have a fear of public speaking, right? And I would help you and you're, you're a great public speaker, you know, you like being on stage and you feel totally confident. Then you might come back to me. You say, you know, this 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 confidence uh, thing I had with public speaking totally gone. You know, I, I'm I'm very grateful to you. Could you also help me with selling, or could you help me with this or with that? You know. Okay. And then of course I can help. That's a new challenge for me. So you don't just you don't just help them and it's one and done. You if they come back to you and say, "Hey, I have this other challenge." You you jump right in and you do the same thing. You do the same thing over, but with a different aspect on what you're helping them with. That's awesome. I think that's really cool. Um, yeah, I uh, years ago, funny story is years ago, I used to actually be very scared, a uh, very timid person, and I. Uh, one day at uh, one of these events, I one of these people asked me to stand by the door and talk to them. And while these people are coming in, I kept saying, oh, hey, hey, how you doing? Good, you know, start greeting people at the door while we were at this event. And uh, at this event, while greeting people, I started to feel more confident about people saying hi to me and greeting them. And uh, I ended up now, um, jump ahead, I'm the most social person you have ever met. Like, I, like... I'll walk into a crowd of people and by the end of it have like five new friends. 
<laughs> so like, yeah. but but years ago, like if though that was that was when I was like, ooh, I want to say like fourteen. Like I was very before I dropped my teen years, uh, I was very timid. And now I'm a very social butterfly. Like I go to events yeah. and I'm, I do really well. But there is people that you have to help in your aspect of things that are like, hey, I don't like public speaking. I don't like going in large groups of people. I don't like selling stuff. Uh, when I, um, when I used to go to other jobs, like or I worked as a car salesman, and I was very good at it. I sold a lot of cars. Because I was very good at being the social aspect. But if you had asked me when I was 14 to say, hey, can you sell a car? I've been like, no, do not ask me to sell anything. And now I sell stuff regularly, daily. Um, but there is, I think, and, and, and I'm sure you can understand this, there's room for improvement on everything. Just because you're the best seller in the world doesn't make you the best seller. Um, just because you're the great, good speaker doesn't make you a good speaker. Um, having those skills and having someone to help you coach those through them, even though if you're, even if you're really good at speaking, even if you're really good at selling stuff, even if you're really good at, at, at meeting people, there is still room for improvement. I'm sure you can understand and, and appreciate that. Definitely, you have to keep challenging yourself. Yeah. You know, if you, I think if you think you know it all, then you're just starting. Yep. Yep. No, I like that. I like that because. If you if you're too high up on your horse and you say, "Oh, I got this," walk out on that stage and then blank out halfway through your <laughs> through your presentation, then you're gonna be like, "Oh no!" And then you know you're, I don't know, I don't know what happened past that. You're either out of a job or you're just never gonna get to speak at events anymore. <laughs> but uh, yeah. no, I I do agree. There's there always is room for improvement. Doesn't matter yeah. how great you think you are at public speaking, how great you think you are at selling. There's always room for improvement. Um, Definitely. So, Erwin. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just thinking that what you said, you were very timid, you know, when you went to a networking event and I was, I was actually the same. And I think that the biggest mindset shift came when I realized it was not about me. And you might recognize this because in the early days, I was worried how it would look, you know, what would people think uh -huh. of me and all those kind of stuff that went through your head. And then at one day I decided, you know, when I go to a networking event, I will put the attention on the other person. You know, mm. when I go to a networking event or a seminar, or whatever, I just want to have like uh, two, three, four um, interesting conversations with people. And if I can add value by sharing some, some knowledge or insights, mm -hmm. then that's even better for me. So when I go in, the focus is on the other person. And that makes it that makes a, a lot of difference. It makes it a lot easier as well. I, I, I can I can relate to that because I there for a while I cared what I looked like and I was like so scared of what people thought of me. And then I kinda after that, that event happened, I was kinda like, huh, people didn't care that I was dressed like like I was, or people didn't care my hair was a mess that day. You know, I and I was like, wait a minute, what if I just went to this event as as just me, like, you know, being a person and, and yeah, I, I go to events dressed pretty nice because, you know, it's an event, but I tend to just focus, like you said, on the other person. And I actually ask more questions about them than they do of me. And, I'm, and then they're like, wow, like this is interesting. And, and normally I pick up clients. I pick up uh, um, more business for friends, uh, depending on what I'm asking. And I'm like, hey, off of that. And uh, it, it works, and you're right; it does work. When you when you forget 
and that's what I actually think that's a really good point. When you forget about who you are as a person, when you forget all about what you look like, what you're wearing, everything, uh, that stutter you have, and just ask people and be honest with people and, and, and get to know people at the event or at wherever you are, wherever you're doing it, public speaking events, um, and just let go and do that, I think it will benefit you way better than anything you could ever think of. And it'll really pay off in the end. Right. And the reason you're picking up clients for yourself, for, for your friends and stuff like that, is not because you're going there to sell, but you generally want to help the other person. And if your service is the best service they can get at that moment, then you offer your services. Exactly. Or you refer to a friend if that's the best thing that could happen to them. Yep. Um, we are getting up on our time. Actually, we have, I think, two two more minutes left. Um, I'd like to ask you if is there anything you would like to share as like like bits of advice, like like four, two or three, whatever bits of advice you could give someone to help them better themselves or or grow as a person or um, help them in business. What would be some bits of advice you could give? One of the things I share with a lot of my clients and that could actually help you be becoming more effective mm -hmm. is um, people listen to the favorite radio station, WIIFM, which means what's in it for me. So if you know that your conversation partner is uh, tuned into what's in it for me, then your focus should be what's in it for them. And if you can make clear what's in it for them, then you'll be much more effective in your conversations, in your selling, in your storytelling, everything. Awesome. Awesome. No, that's that's awesome. I you know, I I was thinking like, what is he talking about radio station? And I was like, Oh, okay. It's a it's a metaphor. I like that. I like your metaphors. You actually got some great metaphors because like I'm I'm terrible when it comes to metaphors. Like I'm really terrible. But you that metaphor, like using the radio station, what's in it for me? Um, and what's in it for them. That's actually really, really good because, you know, tuning into what their needs are over, you know, your needs helps you grow as a business person and helps you grow in, in, um, in getting to know someone and getting to know what their needs are so that you can help them over what your needs are. Uh, I like that. I really do like that. Um, we are on our time. Uh, Erwin, I would like to ask you if you have anything else you would like to share with the, with anything like, any bits of advice or anything else, uh, you can share it now or, or I can leave it in the uh, in uh, a website link or something for you to people get a hold of you or, or in the uh, bio if that's, if that's what you would like. Yeah, well, only thing I would like to add, uh, Joel, at this point is that if people want to follow me, uh, they can connect with me on LinkedIn. You know, just search for Erwin Wills and you will find me or just go to Millionaire Life Strategy to find out more about me. And... If I can help them in any way, I'm more than happy to do so. Awesome. And I'm going to leave your full name in the bio so that people can figure out what, how to spell your name and stuff so that we can get a hold of you. And, I'll, and if you could send me any links or something, we can get that put in the show notes as well. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Erwin, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, I look forward to maybe having you on the future. Uh, but everyone, please stay safe out there. We are still fighting a pandemic. Uh, I know everybody is over it. I'm over it. I'm ready to go back to normal life, but please stay safe out there. Follow your regulations. And I look forward to hearing you in the next one. Thank you all and have a great day.